Hi everyone. Um, so today I'm going to go out on a limb. And what happens when um, people get a lot of accolades for things, and I'm talking like in science, um, there's a recognition that you've got to hold on to the idea, right? There's a lot of sort of heels in the ground. This is how it works, you know. This is how the universe works. But we have to understand in life, in general, that we're only moving to particular goalposts, that we're still really in the dark about a lot, like a lot, 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 right? And so one of the things about having your sort of, your whole being blown up several times is that you recognize the fallacy of your beliefs and how much information is contained that we have no access to and particularly through the plants, which is why people are in labs all day desperately trying to find out how this whole magical mystery works. I'm not a scientist, don't claim to be, I have no idea. I'm just going to talk from um, looking back in retrospect at the events that um, brought me here, you know, to this last retreat and the information given to me thus far, or my understanding of it. So, some number one is I had no inf- I had no idea that I had had all this information within me. Right, that's number one. Just let's just like, I'm just going to talk from like, you know, an armchair observer of my own self, right? And you can do the same thing, of course. And let's assume we know nothing, because I love that Japanese notion of, you know, um, don't know mind. I, I don't know. I'm just, I've just had these experiences. And what, do the, what does the experience inform me of? I'm not a book. I'm not reading somebody else's version of the world, Right? I'm not being drawn in and being spellbound by someone else's vision. I'm just talking about my experience in this healing journey from a kind of practical place and from a place of observation. So I could say that I was blacked out for 42 years. I had no idea what had happened to me. I, had no, I was completely blacked out. I built a fantastic cover-up that believed itself that walked around really carrying horrific shit, right? I had no access to it. I might as well have been on another planet and this, this, this stuff that was in me, you know, could have been in Belfast and Ireland. I mean, I was so severed from myself. All right, so the two pieces of me had no communication. The horror that had happened lay deep in my in every cell of my body as information and as action that I had no access to. I was fueled by pure terror, again, no idea. In this cover-up, or this, I like to call Macy's Day Parade balloon of who I'd become, I was a heroine, I was a savior. I was gonna go and conquer the world and save them. Okay, so, that's how disparate, how ridiculously severed I was from the truth of who I really was. And that functioned. So I wasn't in a loony bin, I was functioning. I was married, I had children. I totally believed this. And in my head was able to completely remove, refuse and be severed from the truth of what actually had happened, which I'd been sent out to be sexually abused and had bonded with a pimp, etc., etc., And that really, my whole system, the fuel of my system was pure terror. And two other things, I had absolutely no power and my heart was shut down. And I had no understanding of that. I was absolutely numb, but functioning. All right. So... Let's just start out with that crazy premise, which is a crazy premise. 
But true, I was functioning. Many of us live in this severed state where we are completely disassociated from who we are. This is a term they use in psychology, the disassociation, which is a form of survival. I mean, there was one patient, and this is a real life patient, who had many multiple personalities. One of the personalities was allergic to orange juice and the other one wasn't. I mean, that's insane. How can that possibly be in one person? Which really points to the complexity of who we are, right? And we don't really know. So, all right, 42 years, totally severed, had no idea, was really being run by something else. I had no stake in this game. I mean, I was, somebody else is driving my whole engine. And I would call that person entity thing. And it's an entity because in the medicine, it literally was coming up as an, as an entity. You might see it in a movie as like this creature that's within you that's like gruelly and gross. And, and I was owned. And I would call that thing dark or evil. And I would go even further and say that that thing isn't from this planet. You may think I'm nuts. It's all good. These are my speculations in the medicine. That that thing came here from another planet, of which there are millions and galaxies, etc. We, we think we're at the center of the universe, you know, really think again. We're like a tiny fucking drop of sand in the middle of an incredible beach of sand. So my contention is that was not from here. That was from somewhere else. Came here. But it's a virus. Let's put it evil is like a virus. So that virus attacked me in another life. In another life, we are, you know, we're all just recycled stuff. Look at, you know, you only need to look at, um, you know, science to see that nothing is destroyed, nothing is created, everything is just recycled, right? In another life, I was an Indian. You are many things in other lives. If you really look, you'll see that, you know, a lot of people like a friend of mine who has eating problems was the head of a shuttle in in Eastern Europe. I mean, it's in some other life, everybody's had some or many experiences of other lives, right? The Tibetans knew about this, the reincarnation. They go, they went to find the Dalai Lama. You know, the reincarnation of the Dalai Lama. They went from door to door trying to. They found him, and and the child was able to um, figure out these objects that originally believed belonged to the other Dalai Lama. And once he'd sort of registered them, and the Buddha said, okay, he's the next Dalai Lama, right? So reincarnation, believe it or not, it doesn't, you know, just look at science. Nothing is destroyed, nothing is created. Everything is basically repurposed. Yesterday, you were a broom. Tomorrow, you're a crocodile, right? So, all right. So what happens when you're connected to everything? Well, when you're connected to everything... It's just a natural flow. Now, being in the jungle and peering out for hours upon end at the sky and because you've nothing else to do in between ceremonies other, other than process and really sit there, no distractions, no Wi-Fi, no phone, you're pretty much, you're landing in what is the truth of what's going on in the natural world, which is everything is connected to everything and everything is flowing with everything. And there's no thinking, it's just happening. The bird is moving from that branch, then it's singing, then it's flying, then the clouds are moving very quickly into different formations, right? Then the leaves start swaying and some leaves fall off. You're literally sitting in the full-on flow of the universe, doing its thing. Now, coming from the West, you know, coming from a major city like New York, it's like, oh my God, like, I can't distract, right? I'm right here. My whole system wants to go and find something to do and something to eat and something, right? Now you're not. You're just like, 
this is it. And your whole body has to unwind to that rhythm. You go to bed early, you get up early. By the way, it doesn't happen immediately. I don't even know if it really happened completely because my whole body was still in like, uh, right, New York's uh, zone, right? There's something to do, there's somewhere to go, there's someone to speak to. It's just this endless rush. So when the universe is in sync, right, everything naturally responds. It's sort of pelting down with rain, right? You can't hear the animals now, they're somewhere else. It's everything is responding to it's to everything. Like the same way they say, you know, a butterfly flaps its wings in Brazil and there's an avalanche in the Himalayas or whatever. There's this... All right. One of the things that I was shown in one of the ceremonies was I was one with everything. And the assumption is, as the Indian, is that you're one with everything. You're part of the absolute flow of life. There's no questions. It's just you're moving in that flow, which is, you know, connected to the plants, the trees, right? The rivers, the earth, the moon. There's this, you know, very powerful. When you're in it, it's all moving graciously, gracefully, as it must. And it will die, like things die, things come back, things die, you're back, you're in, you're out, right? All right. So this virus or this evil isn't from here. It doesn't work inside that realm. It doesn't work inside the realm of that flow. There's life and there's death and there's, you know, things rot and things... And there's a, there's a, it's, it's a natural procedure of birth and death and, re, you know, coming back, going, can you know. My suspicion is that this thing, this darkness, this virus, is, you know, it doesn't have any of that connection, right? It doesn't live inside the flow of that, right? It doesn't. And so it's like a secret code that it can't get into. So if I can't, if I don't know the juice, I don't know the code for the juice, well, that means I'm going to try and figure it out. I'm going to go into a lab and try to figure out what the code is. Nature is insane. It has all the information about everything. Some of which you will get, you will see in the plant medicines because the plants have information. Just because they're plants, they're not dumb, right? They're like Nobel laureates of information. But it comes to them from the earth, from the sky, from the sun. It's all living as an extension of source. All right. So this thing comes from another planet and it's to say it wants to take over. Let's put it that way, right? See, it's a nice planet, like, oh, nice real estate. Wants to take over. And to take over, it must understand the mechanism of how this whole thing works, right? It's like you're born into this rhythm. You're born into this state of being that has its natural flow, right? So this virus, let's call it that instead of aliens, because that sounds like some stupid SNL sketch. Oh, the aliens, right? So this virus comes from somewhere else. It can't understand. It doesn't... Um, it can't take, you can't take something over if you don't know how to get into its, the core of it, right? To take down a machine, you've got to understand how it works. But nature is vast and complex. And so the virus has its own facets of advanced technology, right? 
what does this darkness do? The darkness basically is greed, corruption, you know, killing each other. It's all the horror that has made this world a shit show, right? Elbowing one person, and they call it the the law of the jungle. Yeah, not really, right? Killing people, abusing children, putting down women, you know, slaughter, the blood that has run this, you know, through this earth, the killing of, you know, it's just horrific, all of it. The whole shit show of control. It doesn't live within us. It's not part of the natural order. Evil is not part of the natural order. It just isn't. There's death and decay. It's not evil. It's just death and decay. As an acceptance, right? But the darkness or the virus wants to take over, right? It's pretty straightforward, right? I'm on one planet. I want to take over that planet. But I happen to be a bully and a piece of shit and, you know, how am I going to do that when there's a system I don't understand? Well, I'm going to ambush and sabotage those who belong to it. They must have the information that I can get into the system and then switch it off and take it over, right? I've got to know what you're holding, you know, what technology are you holding that's going to blow me the fuck up, right? Of course, one of the reasons that the Spaniards were able to slaughter most of South America is because they came in with, you know, guns and muskets and stuff, right? And they just had bows and arrows, which are used mostly for hunting versus hurting anyone. Right. So... I think we've established that there's a darkness, an entity, a virus that is interested in control, in taking over. And to do that, they must control. And in that controlling, there's slaughter, there's blood, there's killing, there's the abuse of children, there's the abuse of women. What they need to take away is the heart of nature. And the heart of nature lies in women. And the most sacred things that the nature produces are children right? They are divine extensions of divinity. What are you going to corrupt first? What are you going to hurt first? Okay, give me a kid from zero to six, I give you a Jesuit for life. That was their slogan. I'm going to inculcate and calculate these terror, fear into the arriving pieces of divinity. You're a sinner. You're wrong. From day one, you're wrong. You're not divinity. You're not nature. You're not this magnificent thing that exists. No, you're wrong. So already I'm going to, I'm refusing you. And this refusal of the divine right and the sovereign right of each individual to blossom into the essence of who each of us is, is one of the greatest tricks in the book. So childhood is the feeding frenzy for this virus. Now you say, well, Maria, where is the virus? It's in people. I think the accumulation of so much horror and terror and fear, because all of it is fear, terror, can't leave, you know, you're stuck. It's in you. It's like a virus that's in you. And I can attest to that because as I've been dissolved, what was in me was actually an entity, an energetic entity that exhibited itself energetically. So I would sit in ceremony and my whole body would move by itself, right? It was in me. It owned me. So this virus is able to come into our systems unseen, like all viruses. You can't see it unless you're looking under a microscope, right? And then fertilizes itself inside of you. And how it does that is with terror and fear, right? Which as a child is genius because children are innocent little pieces of divinity, barely conscious, 
So, of course, if I'm going to attack this race, I'm going to attack it in its infancy, at its most vulnerable. And there you go, right? So, being an Indian was being connected to the everything. The ambush happened in that other life. I had to be killed because in that way, I would somehow, or stolen, I would deliver the goodies. Or the secrets, which I don't even know, I even knew, whatever, right? And then witchcraft. So if I have to practice witchcraft on you, again, it's like using the power that exists here, but for ill, right? Manipulating what's here for ill. Now, this is again all supposition. So I'm just, you know, I'm just explaining to you how I put, how I look back and see through moving into these other dimensions in this, uh, in these ceremonies, how things begin to appear. So let me now backtrack for one second. How the fuck did I get to ayahuasca? All right. How, okay, so for 42 years, I was completely severed from who I was. I was a talking puppet that looked the part, talked the part, you know, convinced other people to do things for money. In other words, you know, in my business. But I was completely and utterly separated from the truth of what had happened, the information, etc. That person that was talking, walking, etc., was fueled by fear and terror. And because of the nature of the trauma, because it's a wipeout of your grid, let me just say, from the experience, I realized that we come like a, an egg. We come with, conscious, with the possibility of consciousness and energy. These are two separate things. What was wiped out with the terror was my consciousness. The terror wipes out your consciousness. You go into the dark. You are blinded. The thing that you came to do is wiped out because we're all here to express something. A rose is not going to become a daffodil. It will become a rose. An elephant will not become a giraffe. It will become an elephant. It has a script to express itself. But in order to express that self, it requires consciousness and energy. If I come in, in the, at the beginning of your life, right, and terrorize you, and it can be anything. With me, it's particularly severe, but it could be anything. They hurt you, they hit you. What they're doing is wiping out the expression of who you are going to become. And that expression is part of the whole. It was meant to express itself in a particular way that lives in connection with the whole, with the soup. If I steal or shut down that script and with terror, like putting a gun to your head, say, I don't want you to be a rose. I need you to be an apple tree. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to shut down your script of a rose. And now you're going to contort with the energy that they have and the terror into that apple tree. That is not you. That was never meant to be you. That is not part of the whole circuitry. It breaks all of the circuitry of this wholeness. So imagine the amount of people who have come, who have been traumatized. Let's say one in three women are sexually abused. One in eight boys are sexually abused. One in four are beaten the shit out of. I mean, God knows. So there's this constant, this constant disfigurement and weakening of the natural order of everything because 
if you're if the if the if the if divinity has sent you to become a rose and when you arrive this virus wipes out the script of your rose takes your energy and makes you into a crocodile it's in constant rejection and aberration of the whole right it's taking pieces of that divinity and stealing it for its own ends right and god knows how many children have been traumatized millions and millions of children right and women anyone that is closer to the natural order is child our children and women because women give birth women bear children now this virus has come out as being very masculine right it wants to take over the power of women the power of children it is masculine it wants slaughter and death control and lovelessness right it's about conquering about owning the power of nature which is really its ultimate control. it wants to take over nature by distorting it by thieving stealing over and over again each piece of divinity that shows up to express itself and the thing about trauma is once you've traumatized children over and over they are now carrying generational trauma so divinity is arriving already damaged right from the trauma of a previous existence okay so you bear with me you put you bear with me up until now right so again the feeding grounds of the virus is childhood in childhood the innocence and vulnerability and the ability to disfigure that and steal and shut down the blossoming of the divine script is easier because of its innocence and it's just a barely here in consciousness right i'm going to terrify you so you just go for me i went into a coma i just a total coma i just blacked out but i still became someone i still built what they wanted out of pure terror All right so now you're owned i was owned by this virus i was very owned and it did not want me to come back into this life with any power at all it would ensure i would be completely castrated by coming as a little girl by being sexually abused and then by becoming literally the accomplice of the virus of the evil right now the virus shows up as people it's in people it's like anything it slips in it takes over that energy right let me go back now this is all happening in energy right things can be different things in different environments under the conditions of ice of the conditions of the cold water becomes ice under the conditions of heat water just flows under the condition of a lot of heat water becomes steam everything is affecting everything's condition that's very simple things are affected by the things in the environment a plant will not grow the same if it's in the desert or if it's in the jungle you're going to get different plants because of the different conditions of that environment right so 42 years I had no clue the last 5 years were really pure hell in which I lost everything I was in a divorce and I just lost everything right 
So that moment when literally after, you know, five years of hell, it was like, okay, there must be something wrong here. And so somebody handed me a book on meditation. Meditation, forget the spiritual aspect of it. Just look at it from a technical point of view. You sit and you allow the thoughts to come up and you don't respond. I did Zen, so you face a wall, you sit cross-legged, and thoughts just come up and you just let them go. You don't respond to them, you don't do anything, you're just watching them come up and go, come up and go. At first, it's very, very difficult because you are the thoughts and you are reacting. But then an interesting thing happens. First of all, I mean, I was... So energy was very, very fast. I was in a constant state of neurosis, right? So to sit for two seconds was impossible, right? But I learned to sit and the thoughts would go very fast. And then after a while, the thoughts started slowing down. Now, what you're doing when you're meditating is not hemorrhaging energy. You're not just, oh, 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 right? You're not just reacting, reacting. You're just like, you're sitting. And you begin to trust the sitting, right? And you begin to slow down. What you're doing is you're building a viewing platform of yourself. This person that has been attached to all these thoughts, that's just like, a pinball in a pinball machine is no longer whatever force is working on it to just move, you know, it's terror, right? From one thought to another, so you don't stop. That terror, you're beginning to face that terror and slow down, right? So at first it was five minutes, 10 minutes, and after 13 and a half years, it was 45 minutes. I was no longer hemorrhaging energy. I was no longer the thoughts. I was something separate to the thoughts. It was a viewing platform. I was watching the thoughts and asking, who the fuck is this person? I don't know who this person is, right? But there was this calming, really calming sitting. So in the world, I wouldn't react to everything. I would just wa- I was like watching it as an observer. I was watching myself respond to the world. And I remember one particular occasion when my business partner at the time, we had organized to meet, interview someone, and I went to the wrong place. And she came in and she was fucking furious. And my whole body started to tremble. I was, I was observing, but my whole body was trembling. I was like, why am I trembling? And for the first time, I could see that, oh, it wasn't her. This actually came from somewhere else, from my family, from early on. So this is the opening of that tightly bound energetic vortex that you are when you're in trauma, right? So what happened here? Energy slowed down. No more hemorrhaging of energy every minute. You build a viewing platform. Begin to build a viewing platform of who you are. And then after 13 and a half years of meditation, and let's just assume now in that terror and in that capture, you're like this very tight, tight ball of energy all bound together and it's really tight fist, which is terrified, which is bouncing around. Now that whole energetic ball is beginning to dissolve. That tension is beginning to dissolve. And after 13 and a half years of doing meditation, the night my son graduated, I had an energetic break. What does that look like? I had no idea. And by the way, this was no, there was no religion in this. This was pure energetic discipline of sitting and counting the breath till 10 and then 10 and then 10 and just that the Zen have these marvelous ways of sort of breaking habits by having these absurd 
sayings as koans they're called so what was my original face between before my mother and father was born and they throw them in to break to break the sequencing of your thoughts to break that tension up to break up that very powerful person that you've built so after 13 and a half years of meditation I had a massive break energetic break I was lying in bed thought I was asleep but now I was so relaxed that my whole body had these huge circuits of energy I was like a black hole collapsing massive I thought I'm dying they were huge just all over my body like I was some kind of processor that was somebody had switched on I was just everywhere circles of energy and then what I heard was crackling like voices crackling so what I understand is it's frequency. You're a particular vibrational frequency. What I also understand is that in trauma, disconnected from source, what's broken is your transistor, is your connection to source through a transistor. Your compass is broken, so you have no way home, right? You have no map back home because that map is ripped up in the terror. The mechanism of you connecting to the everything is broken. It's severed. You are severed from source. Right? You're severed from the everything. So you're ousted out of the kingdom. I call it the kingdom, but I mean is I don't mean in a biblical way. I mean from the light, from home. Like <clears throat> literally somebody <coughs> comes in in the middle of the night, drags you out, which actually happened in Argentina in the 70s. You know, where they literally would go into people's homes, drag people out in the middle of the night, take people's kids and then they disappear. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, yeah. You're, you're severed from, and you have no way home. And actually, one of my recurrent dreams is, oh, my phone doesn't work, I can't get through, I can't get back home, I can't get through to my son, I can't get through to this person, everything I try. It's, that's, that's, that's the thing. You're severed, you're stolen from home. And home is source, and source is everything. It's our natural connection to the whole order of how nature works. Right? So there's a frequency change. So now, as you're getting closer, and what is happening is, energetically, that very tightly bound kind of snowball it's not because it's very tightly bound is opening up it's losing its power you're no longer hemorrhaging you're facing the fear in a way by sitting even you don't know where it comes from the anxiety and every time you sit and turn around and face it it loses its power in order for this entities of this virus to live in you you cannot see it the terror keeps you from looking inward. And so we're out there in 10,000 distractions. It's an eviction. They literally evict you from your home. Your home is connected to the everything, which is connected to nature, which is, has its own natural flow. You're here as an extension of that divinity, as a script and as energy that is going to become the thing that it was meant to be. The theft is there's a dark waiting in the, the breeding grounds of the dark, which is in innocence and childhood, to terrorize you and to steal your energy and shut down your script. So now you're completely lost. And in order to accommodate your life now kind of on the other side, they've built their own version of it. 
right? They've built their own versions of nature, this man-made things, religions. You have to go through a broker to get back to God. You're not getting back to God through anyone. You're already connected to God, but you just don't know because your transistor has been severed. Your connection has been tampered with. You can no longer go home. There's no connection home, right? Or governments or whatever. It's everywhere, all over, all day, every day. They have to keep you severed from yourself and consequently from source. Call it what you will. I would say the light. Because in the light, there's no problem. There's no one to become. You're already the script. There's no script to make up. There's no dream, American dream to have. There's nothing. You're already at one with everything. There's no becoming anything. There's becoming and fully living the script that you came with in conjunction with the energy that came with it to blossom it. And then eventually it will live whatever it is and then it will die. I'll come back and be another script or whatever. It's, a, it's, it's not... The theft is a script that is contained within you alongside the energy that is a natural outpouring of the light and divinity. In this bastardized version, the virus takes the child early in childhood, terrorize it, makes it its slave, basically, shanghais it, shuts down its script, takes its energy and forces it to become what it wants for its gain. That's the battle that we're in between the light and the dark. So in meditation, in meditation, for me, that not hemorrhaging energy, because this entity was truly in me, like I was being held very like a fist of energy of darkness, that and that ability to not live in constant terror, and the slowing down in the building of viewing platform, the energy exploded after 13 and a half years of meditation. And then I, I got my first break in that energetic realm of being this, right? If imagine a ball, the first layer, like the, or an onion, the first layer was peeled off. And I got a very clear message. And it wasn't a dream. There were two big messages. One was when I first, when I went to work that morning, I saw this woman on the train who was very poor, down and out from the Bronx, selling roses a dollar a piece. And I just had this incredible empathy. I, I looked at her and she was me. And so I took out my camera my, to video her. And then on 59th Street, you can see it's on, it's called Miracle on 6th Street. And on 59th Street, this guy jumps in, I'm videoing her, and he says to her, how much for the flowers? And she says a dollar, and he, he gives her 250 or something, and she like starts crying. And the whole train erupts. It got like 10 million views. First time it got six views. So, but that's not the point. The point was, it was a message for me from the universe saying, we're coming. We're going to get you out. I'd been trapped there by the dark, right? That wasn't obvious to me at the time. I just thought, oh, this is a poor woman, right? And then I had a very, very clear dream. I was in a cab in New York. I had my money and I had my phone. And I all of a sudden, I got out of that cab. And I had to go back to my house in London, which was all white, other than this raging monsters in the attic. And I had to face them, and I didn't want to. I was terrified. And I asked if my cousins could go up, and he, this monster just devoured them. So that monster was the virus. That monster was a virus within me. I didn't know what it was at the time, right? So 
There's energetic breaks that happen through different channels. For me, it was through meditation because it slowed down the energy. You weren't, I wasn't hemorrhaging. I wasn't a pimble anymore. I could begin to even begin to look. In another metaphor, I was at the bottom. I'd be, I was drowned on arrival. I was at the bottom of the ocean looking up. Right? I, I was in a coma. So in meditation, you learn to be with everything. In meditation, if there are these breaks and, and these energetic breaks, you, you're literally, it's like your antenna is being put back on. That crackling of that radio was definitely, uh, suddenly like there was a switching of frequency. And then when I went, to, and then of course, the ayahuasca will show up or the med- plant medicine or whatever needs to show up will show up. It showed up for me as a random search and then in Costa Rica, and a woman is telling me about ayahuasca. So now, like, okay. Like, this, this side road of beginning to get home that is, has opened up. The journey home is now been shown to me, right? These are the stops you need to make. The first time I did the medicine, what was amazing to me is that I got, when they started singing the Ikaros, it was like a password. I knew that password and I was in. Like I knew what home was. I knew the number, the code that was home. It was in my system. And the first thing that I was shown was I was a bird and I was so happy. I was like part of the everything. I was one with everything and it felt like it was glorious and then suddenly there was this severing and my little girl was crying mama mama. it's the first time I'd been abused and that moment that severing happened I was out I'd been stolen I was taken the antenna was cut the umbilical cords I was out I was away I was stolen from home And so there were more energetic breaks. My third ceremony was literally a massive energetic collapse, like a star. Like I was both an exorcism and an energetic collapse. They were concerned about my heart because it was so huge. This energy that had taken me over was so massive. In that ceremony, five shamans left everybody and came towards me because this thing was so fucking huge. There was a break, a contract, an energetic contract had been made in this infancy of arrival. And once that energetic contract had been broken, and my body was moving by itself, I was, I wasn't even, I was just, then later on, I would see all the downloads of being, you know, in these pedophile rings and with this pimp, and it was just... And then I got all the spirits, the guides, the Indians came, thousands of them, right? Now I was really going to be, ta- I was in a burial ground. I was in an energetic burial ground, right? So when you look at all of this, and so in other ceremonies, then I got, you know, it's, it's an opening. Every time you're going into a ceremony, you're going to meet the resistances that you've got to get past because these are walls. Imagine being buried under layers and layers and layers of walls. And each of those walls have information. When the medicine comes to heal you, to bring you home, to take you back, to the everything you are unconscious and terrified and willing to be buried because you do not want to wake up to the terror of it all because when it happened especially if you were a child no matter what happened you were hurt you were abused it doesn't the fact is that you've been stolen you've been severed from source source does not contain evil It doesn't exist in source. Evil is like a virus. 
It came from somewhere else. It comes from somewhere else. It is something separate to source. It is like pouring an oil tanker into the Aegean. The Aegean does not have the oil tanker. The Aegean is the the Aegean. The you know the the ocean is the ocean. The oil tanker is a separate entity created by a separate thing, right? So in order for you to wake up, in order for you to heal, you must wake up to each layer that keeps you buried, that keeps your strength, your power, whatever your connection to source is, right? So for me, it was layer, I mean, at the beginning, I couldn't, I was in a ceremony where I, I couldn't, the, the, the sickness, the discomfort was so bad. I had to leave the maloka because it was so unbearable. Because it'll feel like a death, like an energetic death. And also, at the beginning, you're not, you're still in all of that energetic narrative and it's a spin, it's like this spell, right? And you don't trust the medicine because you, you, you trust it, but you're not fully bonded. So one of the most important things about healing is this trust and this relationship that you build with the medicine. You begin to form this bond with the medicine. And there's a point where your bond with the medicine is greater than your fear of the dark. And you're fully given over. And then you're really puking up. And then you're you're willing to just just kill me, just take me, just do anything, right? That's when the real healing and everything is shown. But it's energetic. You're in an energetic burial ground. You're in an energetic vortex which has become a prison. Right? And you are buried under layers and layers of energetic narrative and action. Now, the thing about the medicine is that you are participant in the healing. You're not like in a hospital you're under. No, you're not under. You are a participant in the healing. For you to heal, you must face. You must wake up. You must see what happened. You must relive the experiences real time in that time. Not as a thought. Actually there with whatever happened. I had to live my father selling me on the street. I had to live being in the pimp's underground, you know, massive cellars where I was like being taken around like I was on war duty into these rooms where all the abuse of these children, right? I had to relive every single fucking second of what happened so that I can be free of the virus. Right? And it's not happening now. You are reliving that time space in that moment. It's not a thought. You are there. You are in that moment when that trauma is happening. Right? And you won't know because you won't remember because you're so covered up in resistances, the acts, the things that you did, or the horror. So when you relive them, it's absolutely terrifying. But again, every time you come up against a resistance in that energetic field and you face it, that entity or that has no longer any power over you. These things need to remain hidden inside of you. They cannot be seen. They're severing the whole course and system of everything cannot be seen otherwise they lose their power right so what happens is yes to experience it is horrific but you realize oh Okay, there's a bigger story going on. You don't belong to this. There's something bigger that you belong to. This is all a way of just shutting you down. So what happens is that apparently 
you bond, you, you know, you, they were your family. You realize they weren't really. You bonded with evil. That's what happened to me. And, and evil came in the form of a pet of, of a pimp in order to ensure that I would be completely castrated. I would never have any power. And then in that bonding, that I would also give away the secrets of whatever this, the source is, which was, you know, I got an incredible bollocking for, and rightly so, right? I didn't know my little girl had done that, right? But what you recognize is, no, they weren't really my family. This evil is not my family. That actually you belong to something that is so much bigger, right? This is all a trick. I mean, are you going to hate? Yes, of course, you're going to be upset. Of course, I'm not saying that. But after, once you've, you've ex, ex, once you've exposed it and you've puked it out and you've lived the horror of it, there's this, it can't, it can't exist as an energy in you anymore. It loses its power. So the child, if you're bonded in the dark or bonded with a family that abused you, is holding on for dear life because it doesn't realize that there's anything but that. It, it's like, it's a black hole. If I don't have that, then there's just black. There's nothing. There's no one. What you recognize, and this takes a while, right, is that there is something. It's the ever, the source. You belong to source. That's what you're stolen from. But all of these beliefs and energetic beliefs and, you know, this this sort of constant bombarding you with like, you know, religion and shit and other people. It's all fear, 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 fear. So you think that the only life vest in this ravaged ocean are these tricks, these tricksters. And the tricksters are the shit that comes around to traumatize you, to keep you and hold you hostage and to control you. And so you almost have to defy death. And for me, it was like, I don't care if I have to die here. I, I don't care at this point. I just want all of this out. And my prayer is always like, I want this out of every cell of my body. And I know what that means. That means like the sickness will be horrible. The, the you know, the, the death in, the, in those ceremonies will be horrific. But I just, you know, you're just like at the point, I don't give a fuck. I just want it all out. Right? I remember, you've been very bonded to these identities, to these people, to who you are in relationship to these people. It's all like a massive trick, really. And you realize ultimately, you come from source. You, you know, that's where your home is. Call it what you will, I don't know. Maybe it's just it's how it's source, it's home. Right? I can genuinely say, no, they were never my family. There, there wasn't a family. How could there be a family? I was sold. Like, no. I mean, that family was tricked by the evil. And then I bonded with evil. And I became the accomplice of evil. And then I was like on the other side of it, right? But there was something in me that started to wake up. Perhaps it was that last shove off of the cliff when the medicine said, look, I'm going to give you the worst divorce possible. You're going to lose everything. But I'm going to give you your son and that's going to, you know, that the love that that woke up in me allowed me to start the journey. I, it, it, it's like, you know, putting a little hole in this massive, black, moving, ravaged piece of sewer. That was a little light, love. So what's stolen is your compass. And your compass in life is the power of your heart and love, number one. That is your compass. That is your transmission. When the heart is full and there's love, you can do anything. We've all been there, right? You'll do anything for love because it's real. When that is overshadowed by trauma and shut down, I, I was in a ceremony, it was literally, I had doors and doors and doors and doors and doors shutting down my heart. I had to, to survive. So... In the end, and now the whole world is kind of very corrupted by this virus. I mean, it's, we're killing each other for a bit of, we're just like, you know, trying to be what we're not, it's plastic surgery, we're all trying to, for what, right? We're going to fucking die. What's all the fucking effort for? Because the fear is so huge. We have no access to source. That's been stolen by a bunch of men in funny outfits 
right? God knows the horror that's gone in the Vatican. I mean, they were sending out the guy, a guy that was, I just heard yesterday, I mean, there was so much abuse. A guy that went was sent to a, a home where there were deaf children and he abused all of them. I mean, it's just endless, disgusting abuse. We're run by power, right? All of these power realms want the information that's in source to control it, take it over. Everything, look at the planet, completely fucking run over by people that want to make a buck today that don't give a shit what they need to do if they have to rape the fucking earth, right? There's a battle going on. It's a huge battle between the light and the dark. And we're all asleep. You don't, know how, you don't know how much you've been severed. You, no one knows. So, when you go into these realms, and these realms are the plants, which have been here for billions of years. Again, if 14 billion years we, you know, is the time span of our evolution, we've been here for a second, the plants have been here for two weeks. They get, they're gathering information in all sorts of ways from the earth from the sky, from the sun, from everything, right? And you get, oh, Maria, so what are you talking about? Like, you know, I've got a degree in what the fuck. Don't care. The brain is the least important piece of us. It's our hearts. We wouldn't be in this shit show if we weren't just so shut down. Our hearts just shut down. How could I have survived having been in an underground cavern of thousands of rooms of children being abused. How the fuck did I survive? I shut down. My heart just went chung. I can't see any exit here. I can't see a way out of this fucking place. I've got parents at home that have no money. Where am I going to fucking go? I better befriend this piece of shit because otherwise... And I've got to shut everything down. Everything I see, what's going on that's horrific. The abuse of children. Right? It's not things in books that you need to read. It's things that you have to understand about who you are. That's why the plants are so incredible. Because you don't know. You won't know until you're in a ceremony. And you won't know until you're in 20 ceremonies, perhaps. It certainly took four retreats for me. We're energy. And I think the technology of this virus is that it can go into people. I mean, I was shown that an ex-boyfriend was actually a virus. It came back. It was literally the pimp when I was a child. It had come back. Can you fucking believe that? Yeah. Right? It's a virus. What we're dealing with is a widespread virus of disease and corruption and horror and the desire to take over this planet. One child at a time, one human being at a time. Make them heartless, cruel, uncaring. I mean, just look at what's going on in Russia right now. Every person is one human life. It has divinity completely in it, right? And by the way, I'm not talking about some nirvana La La Land that we all like a ha ha he he we're all like sisters. No. Nature is fierce. A lion will eat that deer. And will stalk it. But it's not evil. It's a very big difference. Evil is a wholly different animal. That's the virus. An animal has to eat. A virus needs to corrupt. It's like a slithering snake. It's calculating, ruthless, heartless. It doesn't eat because it needs to eat. It takes and controls because it wants to take over the whole fucking planet. Big difference. It's evil. And it doesn't know 
how nature works. It doesn't really know its codes. It doesn't know. It can't. So it's busy in a lab trying to figure it out. Very busy. So that's what I've seen from the experience. Terror and fear run the show. And we see it everywhere, especially this side of the Atlantic. I mean, it's just rampant. Everything is terror. Everything is like something bad's going to happen. You'll have no one. You'll be alone. Oh, okay. Let me just keep going. And it's spreading everywhere. Right? And this isn't conspiracy. I don't care. It's just the nature of the world. There's no. There's nothing really to hide. It's right out there. It's in your face. Children being raped in a war. What the fuck is that? everywhere so our chance to heal is our chance to reconnect to source because all information is in source all healing is there right but in order to do that we have to know what owns us what truly owns us what's taken us over and to go face it and you can because what you recognize when you're connected to source is that it's infinite its power is infinite. Its information is infinite. It's, there is no time-space in the plants. You can be in yesterday and tomorrow at the same time. You can be in, you know, 10 centuries ago. The beginning of time. There are no boundaries. You can know. You can get information about who you are and what happened and why. And energetically, you're going to be transformed. There's not a lot to do when you're connected to the everything, right? Sit in the jungle, you'll see. It's just, it's just happening by itself. That's happened quite a little bit for me. It's just happening. I don't have to calculate or figure it out. I don't have to... What stops you is the terror. So when the virus shows up, it goes, oh, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. Right, that's it. You won't have a family. Yeah. That's what stops you. That's the obstacle. It's not you as a moving piece of energy. The ener Once you're connected to source, you're just in, in that realm of energetic flow. You're not thinking. It's just happening. But when you're in the realm of terror, oh boy, are you improvising, strategizing, you know, it's running behind you. You better figure out a plan because otherwise you're going to die. When you turn around and face it, oh, it doesn't like that. It can't terrify you. It can't own you. It can't control you. I think if the whole world just said no, don't give a shit, I'm going to face it, wow. Yeah, it would lose all its power. Anyway, so those are my thoughts, my very amateur thoughts, on the experience of connecting to source. And overcoming the resistances dynamiting through resistance and facing that terror and that fear again a vampire doesn't like the light not at all your spirit does your spirit loves the light it connects to the light it lives and feeds in that light in love bye